Hello and welcome to Film Festival Reviews, a place where independent filmmakers and film lovers stop by and listen in on what's happening in and around the film festival circuit worldwide. This is Christina Kotlar, your host, and I have a few things to talk about coming back from the Woodstock Film Festival this past weekend, held primarily in Woodstock, New York, just two hours from New York City. There were several other towns that took part in the festival, and you had an opportunity to go around meandering the back roads in the surrounding areas and wind up in towns like Rosendale, Rhinebeck, and Hunter. So let's start with some things I liked about it. It's the Mavericks. Mavericks all around. Running the show, winning awards, programming the unusual and the un-PC. I felt right at home. Looking it up in Wikipedia. I do that sometimes. It's a term suggesting independence of thought or action. Mavericks. And Woodstock is full of them. With the tagline, Fiercely Independent, I know what that's all about. Woodstock Film Festival is considered by many as one of the top regional film fests in the country. It has a great atmosphere for filmmakers and music lovers. They were talking about how much they love this festival. It's well organized and run by a maverick staff that thinks on its feet and acts decisively in nerve-wracking situations. I, I, I was a witness to one of them. Um, while unfortunate for some, others benefited from additional juggled screening schedules. And uh, the filmmakers had an opportunity to meet some industry people that come around in a much more relaxed environment. Wood beams, crackling fire, uh, there was a little bit of rawness on Thursday, it was a drizzly fall day, and a little gray Friday, and then cleared up to be a really beautiful weekend. There were several theater venues as I mentioned earlier, in the surrounding areas. And while I did spend my nights in Hunter, which is a good 45 minutes away, I chose to stay and watch the films in Woodstock, taking turns back and forth, boomerang style, between the main drag and the arts colony and community center, then town hall and Bearsville Theater. So I, um, I took advantage of one such uh, rescheduling and was finally able to see The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, winner of Best Director out of Cannes this year, Julian Schnabel. I tried to see it in Cannes, but was shut out there, as well as the New York Film Festival last month. It's phenomenal, beautifully shot, and edited in, in a very painterly way. I, I thought it was well done and an amazing story. I, I have to read the book and then I want to read the screenplay. I had to leave Saturday afternoon so I didn't find out who won some of the awards until Sunday night and you can find the listing on their website. But there were a couple of surprises. Uh, the award for best animation went to Arthur Metcalf for his film Fantasy and Bubble Wrap who candidly admitted at the screening that his was totally computer generated while other animations attempted to show at least representations of hand drawings. Signe Baumanet who I did interview and did get honorable mention for her totally upfront and in-your-face educational teat beat of sex, had the Friday night audience in uncontrolled hysterics. The other surprising winner for went for best editing, a feature narrative in search of a midnight kiss. While I, I liked the film, it was good. 
But there was an absolutely blatant bad edit where in one scene the characters were holding cans of beer at the New Year's Eve party and then the next minute they were empty handed and ready to accept an invite to have a beer. Normally I wouldn't be so picky if it was a really good film and just chalk it up to my flub list, but I wasn't the only one that noticed it and I, I guess the jury chose to overlook that edit boo-boo. Aside from that, I met some great people, both industry and filmmakers, caught up with some friends I hadn't seen in a while, especially the ones in animation, and talked with some new filmmakers who are showing some extraordinary talent. One is Christina Voros, who won an honorable mention for Best Short Doc, The Ladies, nominated for a Student Academy Award in 2006, and she's currently working on Hope in Transit, a feature documentary on the Garden in Transit project. I found out it's the largest public arts installation ever being undertaken in New York City and these are the painted taxi cab hoods that I see all over the city. Another is Jennifer Venditti making her directorial debut with Billy the Kid. It was an interesting intimate portrait that turns into a bigger picture for a teenager who doesn't quite fit in the typical teenage social scene kid scene. It's um, quite an eye-opener. Then there's the maverick of my choice, Luke Eberl, whose East Coast premiere of Choose Connor had the audience, rumored to have included Bill Clinton, in awe of this young man barely in his 20s to be so refined and, and really talented, I thought. Um, here's my conversation with Luke about his film and festival strategies. Enjoy the show. So I've got this thing hooked up on me here, and I want to know, who are you? <laughs> who are you, Luke? I mean, we met yesterday very briefly. It's a wonderful setup here, the Art yeah. Colony, and I see you at the uh, computer screen, and of course I sit down just checking my email, and you just come right over to me and say, who are you, and are you press, and you start you know, talking to me about your film. And I, that's what impressed me, because I see you're a young filmmaker, and you're here working this film festival. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. You know, we're trying to just get the word out about the movie any way we can. You know, and it's really fortunate we have people like you to help us with that. Now, is, this isn't your first film festival. It's this not, is not the first film festival. No, no, we screened no. it at Cinebegas in June. In June, okay. Yeah. So, but it's your premiere. East, East Coast premiere. East Coast premiere. Yeah. It's in the competition. Yes, it's in the competition. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You, you do look so young. I mean, I know you're 21. Yeah, so you're that's legal, right. So that's right. Way, but how long did it take you to um, to research this film and and what got you started on it? Because I, you know it was really well done. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, I I, I started uh, working on this film probably when I was about 17, writing it, and I had it in one of my moleskin notebooks, and I just kind of got the idea and I started writing it, and I, I was going so I was going such great guns with it that I I never made a backup on my computer. And then I ended up losing the notebook. And so when I lost the notebook, it was so devastating that it took me about six months going on it again because I felt like, oh my God, like I already wrote this already and it's just like all this work is lost and I was feeling all sorry for myself and all this stuff. But anyway, it's actually turned out to be the best thing that could have happened because I think what I came up with after I lost the notebook was way better than what I uh, started writing originally. And, uh, and so, uh, so yeah. 
So you've done short films before? Yeah, I've done short films. I mean, films. you're in this business a long time. Yeah, yeah. You know, a child actor. That's right. Is that what they call them now? You're just an actor. <laughs> That's you're right. You're an actor at a young age. I mean, somebody was asking, you know, how old were you? And I was I was just thinking it was probably in utero, you know. Right, right, <laughs> right, yeah. Five or whatever. You're writing stories and going in. So you're an actor. And you're your own actors. The casting, everything. It's so professional. I mean, I don't want it to sound like, oh, my God, you know, why shouldn't it be? But it's really, um, truly a, a work that is very, very sophisticated, and it's something that I, I just personally didn't expect, but just very, very wonderfully excited about it. The work that's that's coming out. Oh wow! Well, thank you so much. I mean, that's really that's really kind of you to say. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was able to get together a really amazing team. I, I just, I had a really, really good group of people. But you wrote this for. yourself. Yeah. Now and then going through sending it out or or getting like rewrites and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so, so you have yeah. you probably have a lot of uh, connections and everything to, to help you in some ways to guide you with your questions. Yeah, absolutely. No, I have I've had a, many wonderful teachers in this industry that I've met uh, through uh, being uh, you know a young actor and meeting people, and many of them helped me out uh, tremendously on on this film. But this is your first film festival route now. Yeah, this is my first going. I've had short films and festivals before, but that's a totally different. Okay, thing, so you know? so you know what the whole idea is is how to work your festival. That's right. Well, you try to. You know what I mean. Everybody has their own little strategy. You know, of, of, of trying to work the festival and stand out. You know, you're at a festival where there's tons of movies, and you know, you're trying to make a sale on your film or at least get your film noticed. You know, um, do I mean hopefully the movie stands uh, on its own merit. You know, uh, but the goal is just to you know get people into the theater and then have them decide for themselves. You know what they thought about it. You know, so you know. You know, people who are at a festival, you know, at one screening time will have five different movies that are playing at the same time. I, I want to try to get as many people as I can to come see my film, just because uh, you know that that works that works to my benefit. But uh, a lot of the other filmmakers are doing it, uh, you know, doing the same thing too. And actually, this festival is very uh, actually very well designed in, in the fact that uh, I think uh, uh, most people have gotten to see uh, most every film that they've wanted. They've given every film a couple of screenings and uh, that are kind of staggered uh, in a way that uh, people uh, can see pretty much everything they want to see. So what else, what other strategy do you use for your festival? <laughs> Festival I mean, it's, going for it's, your it's, film because this is your first um, yeah. film life for your film. I guess I haven't really developed a, a major strategy yet. I mean, I guess I guess what I try to do is is you know we have the little buttons that we hand out you know that are props from the movie. That's kind of a novelty. You've got one on your jacket right there. The, I'm gonna hand them out. Oh, that's good. I hope so. I hope so. Everybody's gonna think you know. Hopefully, nobody in Woodstock named Connor is actually running for any kind of office, or else they're totally you know. Well, maybe it's good for them. You know, I have postcards that I try to hand out to people. Um, I try. To, you know, talk to as many people like you as I possibly can who can help me, you know, through your podcast or through whatever, you know, newspapers or whatever else they're doing to, you know, get the word out uh, about the movie and tell uh, a little bit about it, uh, which can I just say, so uh, a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah sure, absolutely. Listening here, yeah, you know, the movie deals with, uh, you know, I myself being a young person, as all young people do at a certain point, realize, you know, sort of how steeped in corruption uh, We're so talking about our, the politics. We're talking about the, our the public politics. institutions, our government institutions. The politicians um, our, that are representing us. That's right, but not just not just the politicians, you know, right. the politicians, uh, but also the, the the framework of many parts of our society as well. Um, and to a point where you start to realize that you know uh, uh, a lot more effort goes into uh, maintaining the appearances of productivity, of philanthropy, of 
charity of whatever it is, uh, but more effort goes into maintaining those appearances rather than actually the substance of those accomplishments. And uh, so the movie is about heightened reality, sort of allegorical way uh, of uh, being a young person in, in, in trying to figure out what to do you know, and how to find your place in, in the midst of, of all this. Not only that, but I think you've developed these characters really well. You know, and that's sometimes some of the problems that I find in the films when I'm watching them is the characters are so cookie cutter. But you've really gotten into them, and I, I knew you're a young person here, so I'm watching the young characters because a lot of times they're your friends, and sometimes you don't yeah. develop them. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you develop them in a way that you know them, but right. here you develop them using different elements that, that really brought together three-dimensional, and and I cared about them. Even I'm really I mean, happy to hear that. I mean, he even cared about the politician Stephen Weber. You know, he was excellent, and he was such a snake in the grass. You know, and yet, you were able to bring out certain elements in him that said, "Could he have changed?" You lose that in other films that are trying to tie things in so quickly and everything. So. Is that was was that part of your research? Is that something that the time you spent with these people? I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the character was really developed over a long period of time and through a lot of rewriting, and then uh, with the actors once they were hired, you know, through rehearsal and through improvisation. But uh, you know, yeah, a lot of that took place in the screenwriting process, and I'm really happy to hear that. I mean, that's you know what you always try to do: you create characters that are not uh, uh, you know recycled versions of just other characters you've seen in other films, but uh, characters that uh, either represent uh, something that is very true to life, either in the literal sense or in some kind of emotional sense, you know, and uh, certainly uh, I, I don't ever, you know, at least at this point, intend to make films, and, I, and I'm not trying to make a film uh, here uh, that has um, bad guys. You know, I mean, I know I've just been talking about sort of these public institutions or these whatever that I revile, but um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've really learned is that that uh, uh, it's pretty easy to to, to be very liberal uh, about a lot of things that uh, have nothing to do with your own personal life. Uh, but when it comes down uh, to your own life, uh, there are very few people who uh, want to really rock the boat and uh, jeopardize uh, any uh, their aspect comfort. of their lifestyle. Yeah, exactly right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I put everybody in the same boat uh, of that. Uh, these politicians and business people that I'm talking about, but also uh, citizens and, uh, frankly, myself. Right. I, th I said the only people that I thought were a little two-dimensional were the parents, but it was perfect. Everything really balanced out that way. That that was just yeah. and the art. Yeah. I just loved it. Tell me a little bit about the art. Well, the. Um Production designer in the film was uh, Roy Reed, uh, who's a genius. Uh, I mean, this guy, had, you know, we had no money basically, and, and he, he just did it basically all by himself. Him and, and uh, our art director Marat Montero, and uh, they just did an incredible job with all this stuff, getting it together. Um, uh, I think what you're talking about is, is, is uh, in uh, Caleb. In Caleb, Caleb, yeah, in Caleb, yeah, in Caleb's room, uh, in scene earlier on in the film uh, and later in the film, we see his room, and uh, it's covered in artwork. This really interesting kind of expressionistic kind of sketchwork of these strange. Um, uh, characters. Uh, the way that that ended up in the film was when I was uh, working with Escher Holloway, who plays Caleb, before we started um, shooting. Uh, I went over to his apartment and we were, you know, talking about the script or whatever and uh, hanging out and I, I saw some of this artwork on his walls and uh, it just like really impressed me and I, and I uh, felt that it fit in so well and could really potentially say, you know, in a very kind of interesting, subtle way just within the atmosphere, say a lot about Caleb's character who you have so little time to, to get acquainted with characters in the short time of the film that, you know, I just felt that that would be a really potent kind of uh, an atmospheric element that could really help a lot. So anyway, I, I asked him if I could use the art movie and so he said sure so I borrowed his 
a sketchbook, and I, we went and made photocopies of all the sketches and put them up all over, you know, all over. So then Escher came on the set and uh, walked into a room that was covered uh, all the walls in uh, artwork from his private sketchbook. And uh, I think he was uh, he was a little uh, surprised and uh, walking in there, but I love it. I love Escher's art. I love it. But he let you do it also. Oh, yeah. He yeah, gave you the permission really and everything. Yeah. It was yeah, wonderful. Very kind of him. Yeah. And I know in the Q&A, you had a great Q&A, a great audience. Yeah, I think you know, audience, it was yeah. a, a very sophisticated audience yeah. here that I found at this uh, festival because yeah. yesterday I was at almost all day long, I was just going to films, and, oh, and awesome. people were you know, really asking intelligent, yeah. exciting questions for them yeah. you know, to hear the filmmakers answer and talk about their films and everything. So that's... Yeah, it's very easy for Q&As after a screening to just be very trite. Uh, but I felt like I was having a really real conversation with these people, uh, you know, and, and people were very interested in, and uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was amazed at the response. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the one woman who asked, you know, how old were you when you first started to sort of see through the fabric of all this? And, and uh, then this other woman came up to me afterwards crying. I mean, she, and she said, I want you to know, and she'd worked on certain political campaigns in the past, and she said, I just want you to know that it hasn't always been like this. It hasn't always been this bad. You know, when you're young, so you can only see what's happening right now, but it hasn't always been this bad, and I need you to know that. And uh, I would have no way of knowing if she's right or not, but it was very interesting. Wow. That... You know, coming from a filmmaker, because you're ultimately asked to make a film, and all yeah. of a sudden you're, you're bringing to the forefront something that is in the background as a problem that we don't know about. And again, you're connecting the both areas, you're connecting the young and the old through this film. I think. Um, I think you got a movie here. <laughs> well, I, really, I really appreciate that. Thank you. How, do, how was it directing uh, Stephen Weber or anybody that was the older so cast? Great. You know, because yeah. Oh, I, you know, Stephen just you know, I mean, you know, he came in really close to the last. Hold on, minute. just a second. Hold on. Yeah. Someone's making a latte. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, yes, yeah, Stephen, I love working with him. I mean, he came on sort of towards the last minute. He came to the first uh, first time I'm. I'm Actually, this is a really weird story that I just I just remembered. But anyway, I'll go off on the tangent anyway because it's very serendipitous. The first film role I ever booked as an actor because I'd just done theater when I was young. Was when I was nine years old, I booked a role in a TV movie version of The Shining that was shooting in Colorado because I'm from Boulder and they were shooting up in Estes Park, which is near where I live. And the role I booked was playing the young Stephen Weber in that series and uh, the role got written out of the show before we shot it but I went to the set to have my costume fitting and stuff before they wrote it out and the first like real actor film actor that I'd ever met was uh, Steven Weber uh, all those years ago and strangely enough he ended up being the one uh, you know zero contact with him from then until he came to the first rehearsal after he decided to do the movie and it was uh, did you tell him that story I did tell him that story and, and he was kind of freaked out because I think he was reeling a little bit because he got there and it was just me and Alex Lins and I was 20 at the time and Alex was 17 and uh, I think uh, he was realized sort of how, how, how young I was and I think uh, he was sort of wondering you know he told me later that he was sort of had wondered what he'd gotten himself into but uh, to his credit he never treated me like a kid ever he always treated me like a professional and he just I just I loved everything he did I mean he, you know he, was, he came to you know his script was covered in notes. I mean, he's just—he's such a smart actor. He's so film and theater literate, and he just 
knows how to make that fusion of being an extremely intelligent actor who knows how to analyze the script and knows how to um, uh, logically build uh, character arcs and, and scene arcs and at the same time uh, let it all go just be completely human, completely natural, and completely spontaneous, uh, as if it's happening for the first time. Uh, and he, he, his subtlety is so uh, minutia of his, of his um, choices, uh, the minutia of his performance in his choices, uh, is just outstanding. And it's really great, especially seeing it on the big screen here, as opposed to like on a little television, because all that comes through a lot more. Yeah. Well, I think he appreciates your nuances and your preparation you know exactly how this is going to being the writer and the editor yeah i at least i mean i think we when you have more experience uh, or more foresight you know you're able to really tell what something is going to be but uh i found myself you know being constantly surprised at what the film turned into you know it's constantly changing it's changing when it's a screenplay you know it's changing while you're shooting it and while you're rehearsing it and definitely it's changing while you're editing it and while you're scoring it, while you're doing the uh, post-production sound, the sound design. I was very impressed with the music choices, oh, with the good. score. I'm glad. Absolutely. I'm That's why I'm, I'm watching this. I'm saying the maturity that is going into this film. And I, I see you. I said, you know, this is a young guy, you know. Young guys that I've seen films are shorts and horrors and animations, which, you know, you probably did. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Not animation. I'd love to do animation. Oh, you should be Bill Punto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. around. Uh, oh, was it last night? Last night, yeah. Yeah, down in Oh, Rosendale. so you're done. Yeah, no more screenings. Yeah. How was it in Rosendale? It was interesting. I was late. <laughs> we couldn't meet me and James were lost. We couldn't find our way down there. So uh, I was late, but uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, really interesting old theater. It's been sort of family owned for, you know, 50 all, years. 50 years, you know, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Very single town. Good. Well, oh, so today was the, the second screening. Yeah, so second people. Screening and, um,. Oh, so people can't go and see it again. Well, hey, if you're going to be, I'm going to Italy on Wednesday for the Rome Film Festival. So if they uh, want to drop a grand on a plane ticket, they're welcome to come out to Rome and see it. <laughs> and what, what's going after Rome? Where after Rome, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We got it out to a bunch of festivals in the way. We're back and just trying to figure out what our, what our, you know, options are, distribution and uh, all that stuff. So that's what you're looking for now. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're, we're, we're figuring out. Yeah, yeah, what path we want to take. Well, there's some industry people that come here. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's such a laid-back place that it's not it's that crazy, awesome. you know, that they come in. But it's it's wonderful to be able to meet these people and, yeah. and talk to them. And, and I've seen a lot of them around. So yeah. this, I think this is a great place for you to, you know. Yeah, I love this festival. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, no, I'm hoping that, yeah, I know people, people, the response to the movie has been good. And, Having, excuse me, I've been having a great time at the festival just in, in this town walking around. It's just really fun. I've been having a blast. Well, I'm going to be following your career. Absolutely. Oh, I hope so. Good Thank luck. You. I appreciate you know, that. And I appreciate you, you know, coming over and, and saying hi to me and asking oh, me what, what I was doing and to come see your film. Of because, course. Well, uh, I'm glad you did. It was really nice of you to come. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks. Thank you. There you have it. A remarkable, talented, young filmmaker among the many trying to get noticed, get their films out. It's a lot of hard work. It just gets started at film festivals, so I'm sure we'll see more of this guy. Good luck, Luke. 
Coming up this weekend, I'm heading out to the Hampton Film Festival. Other festivals are always coming and going, and you can find out more on my website, filmfestivalreviews.com. And if you see me around, stop me in my tracks and we'll talk about films. All right. See you at the movies, and thanks for listening. <laughs>